This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. This is Agents of Shield Cast, your source for the best analysis of the ABC television series Agents of Shield. With your host, Agent Andrew Johnson. If they can bring back Clark Gregg, maybe they can bring back Ed Norton. That'd be weird. Agent Bibbs Bibiani. I got all my ideas from Mr. Belvedere. Come on. Agent Gwen Reyes. Anybody that's not a huge Joss Whedon fan just really needs to pack up their whole life and move to another continent. And Agent Rod Morrow. I feel like someone just ran into your room and gave you a wedgie and then ran back out. They are the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement, and Logistics Division Critical Analysis Strike Team, a.k.a. The Shield Cast. Agents Assemble! This is episode number six of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. This is Film Geek Radio's weekly podcast devoted exclusively to discussion of the ABC TV series Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm Agent Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division Critical Analysis Strike Team. First up, he is the film channel editor at CraveOnline.com and a co-host of the B-Movies podcast, Agent William Bibbs Bibiani. Hey, everyone. I just want to say I'm really honored that I'm usually introduced first. <laughs> I'm going to start switching it up. Now. No! That was all I had. That was all I had. Oh, next up, he is an all-around comics enthusiast and the founder of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast network, Agent Rod Morrow. What it is, guys. And last but not least, she is a writer for RealVixen.com and a member of the Television Critics Association, Agent Gwen Reyes. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm happy to be back in a place with Wi-Fi and not in the scary woods of Virginia. Oh, is that where you were last week? I was. I went back to my college for homecoming. Aw. You left us for that? Yeah. Sorry, guys. Had to go hang out with ghosts. It was very uncomfortable. Wait, colleges have homecomings? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. I graduated from one. I never went back. (laughs) I'm on the (laughs) alumni. I'm on the alumni board, so I I was kind of made to go back. Ah, okay. Yeah. I thought colleges had reunions. Yeah. They do, yeah. I thought you'd just go back to college to sleep with that person you couldn't sleep with before. <laughs> I think that's high school. <laughs> that's high school, guys. Did you went homecoming queen and then someone spilled blood on you and then you got superpowers and killed everyone? That's high school, Rodimus. Oh, sorry. No, that was my homecoming. <laughs> I was a little delayed. <laughs> oh, I am very pleased to introduce a special guest. He is the host of the Insanity Report podcast and the Movie Trailer Reviews podcast. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. No problem. I'm excited that you're here to talk Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with us. Uh, As always, people can email the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast at shieldcast at filmgeekradio.com, and you can access all of our episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes or Stitcher. If you like the show, please leave us a review. That would really help us out a lot. And if you leave us a good review, we will make you an honorary member of the S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. Uh, We also have a new voicemail line at 336-793-2509, so you can call and leave us some feedback there. Again, that's 336-793-2509. This show is being recorded live at Spreecast.com. To receive updates on when we'll be recording live, you can search for Agents of Shieldcast with all of the periods in there and sign up to be alerted for whenever we do a live recording. You can also follow any of us on Twitter for information on when we'll be recording live, and we will give out those handles at the end of the show. This is not a regular episode of the podcast. There was no episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week, guys. It was kind of sad. I felt like my weekly routine 
was disrupted. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do is we're just going to give some general thoughts on what we think of the show so far after five episodes and where we want it to go. We might also discuss the Marvel one-shot short film Item 47 because it contains a character who it was announced will appear on the show next week. Uh, Before we get started, though, I am pleased to announce that we have not one, but two new honorary members of the S.H.I.E.L.D. cast to induct. Yay! This is incredible guys okay first we have bk mason who left us a five-star review uh, and he says quote this is the funniest agents of shield podcast the mix of hosts is the best if you like the show you will love this podcast Uh, so thank you agent bk mason guys we're the funniest agents of shield podcast how many are there does it matter (laughs) there there are like 10 to 15 i have listened to all of them Ah. to check out the competition Oh, God. We are the best guys. Also, uh, probably the only one more diverse than the Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast, so that's good. (laughs) Well done. Well done, indeed. Yes, that that is a very, very good point. I like how uh, B.K. Mason pointed out that we're the funniest. He didn't necessarily say that we're the (laughs) smartest. I'd rather be funny than smart. That tricks people. I'd rather trick them. Yeah. Just because I don't know when World War II was doesn't mean that we're not a good show. (laughs) (laughs) agent bk mason we've looked over your application and we're very pleased to bring you on as the shield cast resident fireman (laughs) we really could have used you last week i feel like we should send him a decoder ring oh we also got a five-star review from someone named sterling but instead of the s it's the number five so i don't know how to pronounce that five Sterling. Sterling, the five is silent. And Sterling says, uh, quote, started initially listening because of Rodimus Prime from the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. Yes, Daryl, dog. I stuck with it because the whole panel is great. (laughs) Yay! Yay! You should listen to our other shows, too. Yes. (laughs) Guys, I like the rest of the Lakers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means. I believe that that was from Twitter user... The Wound God, because he messaged me to let me know that that he left us a review. Uh, He also said, oh, yeah, give me my tweet, Andrew. And what he's referring to is the fact that on my personal Twitter page, I've offered to donate my 10,000th tweet to a random stranger who reviews one of the Film Geek Radio shows. If you review one of our shows and you're selected, I will tweet whatever you want me to, within reason. Nothing that'll send me to jail. Make it really racist, come on! I was gonna say, I can tell you don't know Sterling. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing that'll put me on the FBI watch list, guys, okay? (laughs) My social media reputation is in your hands. I will say 99% of things that you could want me to tweet, I will probably be willing to to tweet. So, the wound god decided he wanted to compete for that, uh, and but he, he's also a very big fan of the show. And uh, he messaged me and let me know that he is applying for the position of bald black guy number one. That is the <laughs> position on the shield cast he would like to occupy. So, uh, Agent Sterling, we've looked over your application. We are very pleased to bring you on as the shield cast resident barber. Yay! <laughs> we wish to allow you to live vicariously through those of us who are privileged to have full sets of hair. So we trust that you won't shave all of our heads. Welcome to the team. And thank you for that review. Yay. Now I really hope that there is a bald black guy who shows up to cut someone's hair on the show. That would be great. Maybe it's going to be uh, Samuel Jackson. I was going to say, maybe Nick Fury's <laughs> going to come back. And it's going to be real bad because he doesn't have good depth perception. Right. <laughs> oh, is that an ear? He'll look like that one guy on uh, Sons of Anarchy by the end of it. 
<laughs> that would immediately become my favorite episode of the show. <laughs> there doesn't even have to be a plot. It can just be an hour of Nick Fury cutting someone's hair and yelling. And then playing more chess matches because I like the chess game. Oh, yeah. There you go. And monkeys. All right. Well, let's talk Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Let's just talk about where the show is so far and where we want it to go. Agent Bibbs, I will start with you. How are you feeling about the show now that we're five episodes in and ABC has ordered a full season run? Uh, it's all right. There's an article on TV Guide this week. Uh, why S.H.I.E.L.D. is the season's biggest disappointment. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I can link you that. But um, they're talking about how, like, oh, this isn't like Firefly. Oh, these characters aren't as uh, well-defined. And, uh, and uh, yeah, you know, there's a part of me that's a hard... Sh- a hard, huge core Whedon fan that loves the way that all of the previous shows that are related to this one uh, have played out with a really good uh, mix of really strong in-depth characterizations and ongoing narratives that really pay off. And we haven't, it hasn't been enough time to see how the ongoing narratives are going to pay off. <clears throat> there has been enough time to see that they're really awkwardly set up and that the characters are thus far quite a bit thinner than before. But my defense to that is this is a procedural show, which I suspect is why it's getting better ratings than Joss Whedon shows ever did before. And I suspect that's why so many Joss Whedon fans think it sucks. This feels like a hand being reached across the aisle saying, hey, people whose taste isn't as good as ours, uh, we can do something for you too. But I think it's going to take us some time to figure out how to make this episodic structure where we're not going to threaten you with too much plot or too much subtle plot anyway, uh, right off the bat. So I think that comes with a share of enormous problems. I don't always particularly care for it, but when the show does something right, it does something really right. It's got a wonderful personality to it. It's very light. This is the foam on your coffee. There's no substance, but yay, foam. So uh, (laughs) that's my opinion of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now. I'm enjoying it. I hope it goes somewhere more substantial. But at the moment, this feels like an enormous compromise to do what Joss Whedon and company have always done, but do it in a way that doesn't threaten the normals. Chris, would you agree with that? What's your overall impression of the show so far? I enjoy it. It, In a way, it is kind of like Josh Whedon's other shows, but it's not in that it is a slow build. And I feel like people have kind of written the show off. I mean, they wrote the show off like after one episode. People who were like, oh, no, it's boring. I don't like it. I'm I'm out of it after one. And they're saying that it's not developed enough. And like I said, it's what, five episodes in? And Mm -hmm. I've I've gone back and watched some of Whedon's other shows. Like, you know, I think Rod earlier this year was uh, live tweeting. This year, last year, you did uh, what, Buffy and Angel? Yeah. And those shows, you know, if you go back and watch those, those shows kind of started off the same. It's like they're kind of light. There's no substance at first. And then as you, you watch them, they start building that first season. Then by the time you get to the end of their run, like those shows are dark. <laughs> it's like they're very dark. People have died. You've completely changed your opinion on things. And so to me, it's kind of a wait and see. Uh, I've been enjoying it so far because one thing I've noticed about it, it's a tech sci-fi show. And we don't really have a lot of tech sci-fi shows on TV, especially network TV. So I've really been enjoying that. Because something that I've always wanted to see again and that we've kind of gotten away from in uh, on network TV, at least. And so I've been enjoying it in that respect and just taking it episode as episode and waiting to see how it develops. Because um, we mentioned another show earlier, Arrow. I remember when I first watched the first four episodes of Arrow, it's completely different. Those first four episodes are different than what happens if you watch the entire season. You start seeing, uh, oh, wow, there is a lot more going on here than I originally thought. So to me, they have a full season. That's great. I'm going to watch the full season see how it develops, and then at the end, if I still don't feel like there's enough substance there, then yeah, I'll stop watching. But right now, it's giving me everything I want. Gwen, how do you feel about the show? 
Um, I kind of have to agree with what Chris and um, Bibbs have also said, just because I think we're five episodes in, and I don't think that the show really knows where it's going and what it's trying to do. Um, but it's also a sign of our culture that we're all so used to getting exactly what we want right now because we marathon watch a lot of stuff. People don't really have the patience to sit along and wait. And a lot of people come into shows if they want to come into something that's cultured or whatever. They come in after many seasons and they don't have to kind of wait for a lot of stuff. And I feel like this show is really suffering from that. But we also have to remember this isn't a Joss Whedon show as much as it's a Jeb Whedon show. And it's, you know, his protege, it's his brother, but I don't really feel like Joss Whedon has as much control over what's happening on the day-to-day basis of the show as we would like to see. But I also think that it's, we're not really going to be able to look back at it until maybe near the winter finale to see what the show really is trying to do. And I'm liking that it's still a procedural. I like that it's a procedural and I like that it's episodic, but there's still the potential for something bigger and more and more ominous and more overbearing than what we've seen on a lot of other shows you know I think that we're not really going to be able to see where it's going until like maybe around season two but I'm enjoying it so far it's it's a simple kid show and I like that and I like it it's a family show we don't have a lot of family family shows on tv and it really is really kind of balancing that family versus not family pretty well right are you on the same page as is is everyone it sounds like we're all kind of very mixed on the show so far um now nah, i'm very positive I, I love the show so far like i really missed that it didn't come on this week uh i kind of got sad when i was like oh shit there isn't a show i forgot <laughs> i think what happens is that um now that tv is bigger than just your network um and shows come on like later for adults everybody's kind of gotten used to just a more adult-themed TV watching. People, when you bring up their favorite shows, the ones that won awards this year, it's like um, Breaking Bad. What's the show on Netflix? Uh, House of Cards. Like, Mm -hmm. very, like, kind of adult. And I don't think comic book stuff is that adult in general. It can be. But I don't think but I think there's been an uh, an, an obvious choice that they weren't going to make this as adult as other things on purpose. I mean, it comes on early than your other shows. The shows that are like related to it, in addition to these movies, which are all PG-13, the shows that are related to it are like cartoons. You know, there's there's a Colson in the Agents of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. on the uh, the shows that come on um, like Disney. I think they want more adult fare and they want something faster paced and they want something a little darker. And we may get that. But as Chris alluded to earlier with uh, even with the older properties, it takes a while to get to that. And I think a lot of people have uh, they only remember the last couple of seasons of Buffy, the last couple of seasons of Angel. And they want to get there without mm-hmm. the ride. They just want to jump right in and be like, kill some motherfuckers. And it, <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. Well, you think of uh, you think of how many shows that are that are gone or done now, and you want to introduce them to people, and they're like, "Yeah, I tried it," and then you want to say, "Yeah, wait till season two. That's when it gets really good." And th- so many shows are like that. So many of the best shows are like that. I don't think Buffy found its legs until season two. I don't think Angel found its legs until the very end of season two. Uh, Supernatural was okay, but then it got amazing in season two. A lot of people are trying to compare this to Lost. Oh, when Lost began, it was huge. It was amazing. It totally grabbed us. And then think about how disappointing it was. When you start out big, there's often nowhere to go but down. Another another thing people are comparing it to, again, is Breaking Bad, which, yeah, okay, it's, it's a very different show, and I think that's a little unfair, but Breaking Bad didn't 
blow everyone away when it began. It was a small, critical darling that did well enough to get more seasons, and then people discovered it over time. And again, yeah, discovered it uh, on home video. Yeah. So this is one of those shows where, you know, they're, they're fortunate enough that they have this huge backing, where obviously Marvel and Disney and ABC are extremely invested in making this show work, that they'll have the time and the freedom to explore and discover and figure out what they are, because there's a lot of shows with a lot of wonderful potential uh, that just don't have that pilot that grabs everyone, and then everyone assumes that they were destined to suck, and that's unfair. Yeah, yeah. Those, those shows like Breaking Bad and The Sopranos and like the big uh, pinnacle TV shows that we all look at and say that's the best TV has to offer, those are the exception to the rule. You know, most shows don't start out great and stay great throughout their entire run. Also, Andrew, they're all rated R. Yeah. Right, that's true. That's true. But I think people forget that TV shows, because they're coming out every single week and there's multiple episodes, they change. They evolve over time, especially at the beginning. You know, the writers have to get used to writing for certain actors, and sometimes they don't know if they're going to get picked up for a full season. So that might affect... Uh, what sort of stuff they do in the very beginning. Those early days of a TV show, it's all about grabbing the audience and trying to hold on to that audience. And as a result, it's hard to see what the show's identity is going to be most of the time until later in its run. Gwen, you brought up that uh, Joss Whedon isn't really involved yeah. in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Or mm-hmm. if, if he is, it, it's, he's, not, he's not the main guy in charge. No, he's definitely not. Yeah, the main people in charge are uh, Jed Whedon and Marissa Tancherone and uh, Jeffrey Bell. And Jed Whedon and Marissa Tancherone, they were heavily involved in Dollhouse, which also didn't really start to show what kind of show it was going to be until probably midway through its first season. If then. No, I I can pinpoint the exact episode. It was episode six (laughs) of season one when there was a big twist and it was suddenly like, oh, this is what the show is going to be doing. Okay. All right. So I, I I think you have to give these series some time. Is there anything in particular that any of you are really hoping the show is going to explore more or develop more or really dive into? The actual characters. The actual characters. I'd like to see one-off episodes for each of them in the future. Like to see like kind of my one of my favorite episodes of Heroes, for example, is A Company Man, which is when you get to spend time with the dad and you and you see where he came from and you care about him. And I want to see episodes like that on Shield where we're spending time with these characters and getting to know them and actually investing an entire episode. And I think that's going to make a richness. It's going to make you invested and it's going to make you care about those characters in a way that we don't really get. Because we get to spend time with the characters when they're in a movie. Now you have this whole grouping. We need to have that one-on-one time with them as the show as the show evolves. Speaking of which, Gwen, another thing about Heroes, and I guess it would be interesting to go back in time and see like if we were judging it episode by episode, but I feel like we would have all been saying, like, we need to know more about Solid. Why the fuck are they keep bringing up Solid? They never tell us anything about him. And then you have those, like, couple of episodes about his background and with mm-hmm. his mom and then about the whole watch thing. And it, it's such a great buildup that it's, like, a good release at that moment. Like, oh, my God, that's what, you know, kind of ticks with this crazy mofo. And I feel like she'll has to do some of that. They have to build up some of these stories to the point where we're all kind of, like, what the fuck with Colson? You know, like we really need to get to that moment before there's a reveal because there's also a danger in revealing some of this stuff too soon. 
way too soon. True. I completely yeah, agree. It kind of messes up the pacing, but I agree. And uh, I think I, I may have even brought it up a couple weeks ago or last week. I would like to see more of the, okay, let's go into, you know, maybe Agent Ward goes back and has to visit his family for some reason and Sky goes with him or something. So we kind of have like his background going on and then in the, and then also we have other things going on with other members of the team that are more like procedural elements that you know can continue the other storylines but we still get like a personal glimpse at these people yeah um i feel like we and, and hopefully that's gonna happen i feel like we need that though because there's a little too much exposition with their backgrounds where it's like well this thing is what's my thing and it's like okay i get it but kind of you know it's it's an hour-long show show me mm. Show me, don't tell me. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of telling me right now. I think that's why I kind of why I'm, I'm I have hope for this season is because they do do a lot of that and they bring it all up all the time. Like they keep bringing up Melinda May. You know why is she the Calvary? What went on with her? Why did she all of a sudden want to retire and do a desk job? Why is Ward acting the way he does? You know they brought up the last episode with Sky and her family and. Her trying to find her parents. So it's like, I feel like all that stuff is there and that eventually we're going to get there. But like we said, it's like if you reveal it too soon, then you kind of lose that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's a matter of them. You have the uh, juggling act of trying to have that stuff in the background saying it's there and show the people that we're going to get to it eventually, but we just don't get to it right now. So I see that there and I, I'm hoping that that's what they're building towards because I see those little pieces there for all these little characters there. You know, even Fitz and Simmons, I'm like, what is really up with those two? You know, it's like, I want more about those individual characters. Yeah. And I love the idea of putting them to like seeing, having a backstory, but then also seeing it through the eyes of somebody else. So like pairing them together. So like having Ward and Sky together and them seeing each other's backgrounds through each other's eyes. I think that's kind of a fun, a different way than just having a whole dedicated episode. I agree with what everyone's saying about, you know, you can't, uh, you can't reveal everything too soon. And I'm certainly not suggesting that. What I am suggesting is that you can tease too badly. I think uh, there's so much emphasis on whenever anything is teased, there's sort of like a nod to the audience. Like, it's really portentous every time. And it's really, it's raising anticipation in a way that, um, it's almost like the numbers in uh, season two of Lost. Like, what's going to happen when they don't push the button? And it's like, get on with it already. If you didn't bring it up in every episode, we, we might not have been as impatient. So basically, my thing is, all we've got when it comes to these these teases, we've got What's Up With Coulson, which is teased in every episode, often very bluntly, and everyone has their theories, and they better have a really unusual explanation that we're going to be pissed uh, because they're setting it up too much. Or it's basically, we just don't know. Whereas a show like Heroes, uh, which did a really fan- – in the first season only uh, – did a really fantastic job of setting up a lot of different stuff going on at the exact same time. But the what the mysteries that Heroes had was about the connections. We know, like, uh, the horror glasses and the paper company are connected. We know he's connected to the cheerleader, but we don't know the extent of it. It raised more interesting questions when they did their mystery, whereas when S.H.I.E.L.D. is raising questions, it's just, well, we don't know. We don't know what Centipede is doing. There's no reason to suspect what they're doing. There's no reason to suspect any connection to any other characters. We don't know what the Rising Tide is doing. We don't know Ward's backstory, and we don't know if he has a backstory, how it relates to anyone else. They're raising questions, but they're not giving us possible answers for us to mull over and get excited about. And that's the thing that I think is frustrating. Well, also, like you said, bringing up heroes, uh, hero never learned to speak English. So, like, you know, sometimes you can almost outdo yourself with spectacle, whereas 
it's like look this shit's gonna be crazy uh actually we don't know how to explain that really <laughs> well lost is of course the apex example of that will raise fascinating questions and then never ever ever answer them and also again you have to make sure the answer is really really satisfying uh am i the only one who is super disappointed to find out that siler didn't eat brains mm -hmm. <laughs> i was so bummed and he was like what do you i don't eat brains what do you think i am a monster yes they set you up as a monster what do you want that would have been awesome uh, i can just picture zachary quinto like sucking his fingers and be like brains right i'd be down i will watch that all day oh. <laughs> when we reboot heroes that's the only change bibs i think you really hit the nail on the head last week when you said that the main problem right now is we don't know what these characters want they don't have goals we don't know what's driving them we now know that sky is doing it all to find out about her parents and i'm grateful that we have that bit of information but with all of the other characters it's like why are they here what, are they, exactly. what do they want? You know, all of the conflict in this show so far has been external. It's been them reacting to different things around them. There is no internal conflict about people trying to achieve something and then failing. They're sort of making little attempts at internal conflict, like, oh, what, where do Sky's loyalties lie and, and, and whatnot. But they haven't firmly established what her primary goal is outside of her parents. So they haven't done a good job of demonstrating how that is going to affect her loyalties. Yeah. So I, I think that's the main problem. We don't know what these people want. Uh, I think Agent Ward wants Sky. <laughs> That's going to happen, guys. Yeah, and my thing is going to happen in the last episode of the series, though. Or it's going to happen right before she dies in season three, just to screw with us. I think Fitz wants Sky, too. Oh, really? Oh, I love Triangle. Now I'm involved. Oh, yeah. Last episode when he was bringing up, like, hey, she didn't mention she had a boyfriend, and mm. he just she <laughs> looked really sad. She's a heartbreaker, man. Fitz better watch his back. Mm-hmm. He's not ready for that level of woman yet. No. Yeah. <laughs> He's just going to hang out with his little his little toys. He'll be all right. He'll be like Spike and build his own Skybot. Oh, I want that episode so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. And then Fitz gets a chip. Just go down the whole route. Just redo Buffy. Yes. Fitz needs to become like, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Krieger from Archer. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little bit too adult for the 8 o'clock crowd. That might not make it. Well, actually... It's funny, you, you, you bring up Archer, and that's another thing I actually kind of want to see more of in this show, uh, isn't, isn't really Archer and, and that level of comedy. It's What I like about Archer is the way that it turns this incredibly exciting, super-secret organization really mundane, and it shows like the inner workings and inner character dynamics of a really crazy job. Uh, and that's the sort of thing that S.H.I.E.L.D. could do really, really well, especially considering that they can't afford to be the Avengers every week. Uh, when you look at uh, like some of the one-shots that they did setting up S.H.I.E.L.D., a lot of the humor came from, this is just a desk job for us. Like Occasionally we'll go out and punch someone, but for the most part, we're just hanging out by the water cooler and talking. And I would like to see more of the organization of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the way that everyone interacts. And really all we've got is these field agents who never have to come in from the gold. That was one of the things I liked in the first episode, was just seeing everyone like running around doing their jobs going to doctors whatever i would kind of like to see them go back to home base for a while and like interact and see how the organization is set up there's a lot of potential there well that's a good segue into our, our next topic you brought up the marvel one shots uh they've announced that next week's episode episode six will contain an appearance by uh, agent blake played by Titus Welliver, who appeared in the Marvel one-shot Item 47, which was on the uh, DVD for the Avengers. I'm assuming we've all seen Item 47. I watched it today for the first time. 
I had not opened my Avengers DVD since I bought it. Oh, wow. How? Yeah. I don't know. I'm busy. I had life to live. <laughs> she has a life, everyone. Um, once they put it on um, Netflix streaming, I was just like, I guess I'll just watch it from here. Yeah. Well, uh, item 47 was directed by the co-president of Marvel Studios, uh, Louis Desposito. Wonder how he got that job. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it stars uh, Jesse Bradford and Lizzie Kaplan, and it sort of ties into everything that happened with the Shatari in The Avengers. But it seems like those were just meant to be little shorts that were here to supplement the films. Now they're bringing in Agent Blake from item 47 into the show, and I, I'm hoping that he will actually be a recurring character and be a be a major presence now, because I love Titus Welliver. But how do you guys feel about the fact that now it seems like they're trying to even bring in the Marvel one-shots to this universe and even play off of those and bring in characters that we've only seen there on the extras of a DVD? Yeah, I think the more incestuous, the better. Mm-hmm. Can I quote you on that? Twins. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the box art for item 47, but that is my quote on there. But yeah, the more incestuous, <laughs> the better, man. I feel like that's the one strength of this show is that it can tie a lot of things together and borrow a lot of stuff. I know that there's, you know, a, a hesitancy to worry if they're going to like over borrow at some point. But so far, they're doing a great job treading that line. And it hasn't gotten to the point where I felt like it was overbearing. So um, the more stuff they can kind of tie and relate to and bring this like universe into like a cohesive organism, I'm pro that. So so I'm glad to see that. Plus, I just like Titus Williver as a character actor. So uh, I'll be excited to see him. The only thing is for item 47, I couldn't tell like if Colson is like his overseer dude or if he gives instructions to the because. The, the guy, Jasper Sitwell, his, uh, you know, the other guy in the, in the movie, he calls him Colson, but then Sitwell is the one who goes out in the field and does all the stuff and then he sits in the desk. So I want to know more about that role of Agent Blake. Like what is an Agent Blake and what does he do? <laughs> I got the impression that Agent Blake was Colson's boss, like his immediate supervisor. And when they thought that Colson died, they brought in Agent Sitwell to replace him, and he reported to Agent Blake. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because then at the end, Sitwell comes in and tells him, I've hired these two people, and this person's your assistant now, and you're going to like teach them everything. And I'm like, well, that seems like what a boss would say to an underling, not the other way around. Like, I don't know any assistant managers that walk into the manager's office. is like, yeah, I hired two motherfuckers, and this dude is your assistant now, so... You know, that's your protege. Teach them how to do everything. He's like, what? No, 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 no. I, I, th- I think he's, he's like, uh, he's like Colson. He's middle management. He has some power. He can go out and hire new people and form a team if he wants to. But he does have people above him that he will have to report to occasionally. I actually like the the idea of bringing these characters in from the one shots. I mean, they they've been fun, you know. They're very simple. I mean, the uh, Asian Carter one is still my my favorite one out of all of them. But this one was actually really good, and it was fun. I was actually shocked that they they weren't going to bring in more of those characters from that one shot into Agent of Shield, and maybe they will eventually, since they're already bringing this guy uh, Agent Blake in. So I'm hoping maybe they'll do that because to me, I feel like that is what. Agent of Shield is going to be. I, I I look at more of those kind of cameos and mm-hmm. those kind of introductions than actually bringing in like Iron Man or something like that. 
I was more expecting this kind of stuff. So to me, it seems like a natural progression with this show to bring in these kind of these characters from these one shots in and uh, see what they do with it. I mean, I'm actually I'm actually looking forward to it, seeing what they're going to do with it. You know, there really aren't that many new characters from the one shots, and a lot of them did show up in the movie. Sitwell was in one of the movies. I think he was in Thor. And the other thing is that the the one shots, with the exception of Agent Carter and Item 47, don't really have that much to do with anything. There was one where they sort of explained the plot hole where they tried to uh, uh, recruit Thunderbolt Ross at the end of Incredible Hulk. There was another one that was just a little diversion with Agent Coulson uh, stopping a liquor store robbery. And then uh, there was Item 47, which, yeah, I actually, that was what got me really excited about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too, because I thought that was a great tone to strike. I also thought, wow, you know, Lizzie Kaplan and Jesse Bradford are recognizable actors, and they're quite good in it. And that actually kind of works as a de facto pilot for anything else you want those characters to go through. So I was actually bummed when they weren't part of the regular cast. I was hoping for it. Although I will say I have one issue with uh, Item 47, which is there were only 47 pieces of technology left over from the Chitauri invasion. Really? I don't know. There were so many, like, sky sleds and things. I don't get it. Well, you have to be on level 8 to access those. Oh, I see. Yeah. Smug bastard. Yeah, I, I rewatched Item 47 today as well, and I noticed that at the end, Agent Sitwell says that Jesse Bradford's character is going to be working at S.H.I.E.L.D., and he's going to be working on refining the Shatari technology and making it more accessible for humans. And that made me realize, oh, so that's what's up with some of the weapons we saw in the first few episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like when uh, Agent Ward in Episode 2 has that thing that like can knock everybody down at the oh. temple. I was like, oh, maybe uh, Jesse Bradford helped design that. Okay. And I think that's one of the, the problems there. It's like, how many people actually watch the one, you know, the one shot? And so right. like, we get that because we watch that kind of stuff and we've seen it. But, I mean, I, when I do my DVD reviews, I always go through the extras, and I'm like, yeah, most people don't watch this stuff, you know? And so if they didn't watch that one shot, they might not be able to put those together, because even you mentioned it there, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And I watched the one shot. So right. it's like I wish that they, they eventually need to probably bring his character in or even just mention it at some point so that we can kind of put two and two together. And maybe they are. Maybe there's the potential for that. And I'm hoping so in the future that they do that because I think it would be kind of cool. You know, it's like it's a, it's a simple and easy thing to do that shouldn't require a whole lot of extra thought to it. But, you know, it's, it's clear that there's a connection there. So you might as well sometimes maybe point it out at some point that there is one. And also, where what is what else is Jesse Bradford doing right now? Yeah, I was going to say, he's not probably busy. <laughs> like Lizzie Kaplan's busy. I'll give you that. Jesse Bradford has time. I'm sure we can get him in here. And maybe that's something that they have in store for us later in the season. Because mm-hmm. it would be, I have a problem also is the issue of opening it up to so many characters. Where are they going to put them all? How are they all going to play in the in the in the show? How is it? It already feels like a very large cast to me. If they added more people into that, it could get a little problematic. Well, I do think there's room for one other person at least, and I do think that person could potentially be Titus Welver because if nothing else, I think the fact that this team is so incredibly autonomous right now is making them feel very uh, like they can do anything and nothing matters. I'd actually like to see a boss 
someone that isn't Samuel Jackson, someone who can come in in every episode and disapprove or give them something to do that they don't necessarily want to do. It's, there's so much freedom with those characters that I think it's siphoning off a lot of potential drama. So I would, I think there's at least room for someone to at least come in and go, you damn kids, you wrecked 40 cars. I'm going to have such a hard time <laughs> explaining this to the commissioner. So paperwork. Exactly. And that, and that makes sense because, I mean, think about the last episode. I mean, Sky basically almost screwed them. Mm-hmm. Colson is able to make the decision of, okay, well, we're going to keep her on and we'll, we'll yeah. deal with this. And it's like, it's nice and neat, you know? Right. I'm fine with that for now, but eventually that there has to be a consequence of this. You know, That's there has right. to be something in there to say, okay, like, you know, they had that one thing with Sam Jackson coming in complaining about them almost, you know, destroying the, the, the bus. And that's cool. That was a good comedy release. But no, seriously, guys, you guys are destroying a lot of shit here. So uh, what is your budget again? Like, who do you report to? You know, it's like it kind of just need to be something like that in there. Yeah, I think they kind of need like a black police chief. And also a barber. Yeah, call them like loose cannons every episode. Oh, that would be awesome. Demand some badges and some guns. Oh, I hope Titus Welliver is that black police chief. (laughs) Oh man, I love Titus Welliver. I, I really do hope that they, may, they they make him a recurring cast member because you're right. They need someone from Shield headquarters, kind of watching over everything. Who can who can be more of an obstacle to this team uh, internally? I think that'd be really great. I also have my fingers crossed that next week when uh, Agent Blake shows up, Lizzie Kaplan's going to show up with him as his assistant. I know that she's busy with Masters of Sex, but I think it would be great if they could work something out contractually for her to occasionally pop up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well, just because I, I love Lizzie Kaplan so much. Yeah. Well, they also need more, like, diversity on the team, too, because mm-hmm. everybody's so white. Like, they really, <laughs> like, they have Melinda May, and that's it. Um, yeah. They've been doing a good job kind of, like, uh, subsidizing that by having, like, different people of different ethnicities. Go insane and kill everyone. Yeah, I was going to say, as the bad guys, as the mutants. Yeah. The monsters <laughs> of the week. You know, kind of um, they've done a good job of not totally vilifying every one of them. Like they've kind of given them like some depth and they haven't like just killed them off except for the Asian dude. So there's like potential at some point to bring some of these people back because I feel like those people did good jobs. And those characters for me personally were kind of memorable. So if we can see a Mike Peterson down the line somewhere even if it's just, uh, you know, to come back for a couple episodes or do something, that would be awesome. Um, if we see Amador, like, come back or something like that, that would be awesome because I feel like some of the main characters get nondescript because they're all so similar. And, you know, you kind of need a difference in these guys' backgrounds and more so than just I'm tech and I'm action. You know, we need yeah. more than that. Yeah. Well, the other thing that you could get when you, if you add in a, a, a boss or even just a connection to Shield that they have to report into or talk to a lot is you get a lot of potential to expand on the world. And while our team is doing something, you know, we're fighting the monster of the week, you can have someone out back at Shield headquarters. Again, illuminating something, learning about conspiracies or mysteries, and really bringing the show out of its very confined space right now. I mean, it's it's jumping all over the world, but it's confined to these characters who don't have that much going on. 
And even if you just have one person who has the freedom to run around and report to major politicians or something like that, that could very simply, without taking too much time away from anything, just really add to the whole dynamic and make the show more interesting and exciting. A boss character can add people to the to the staff. Like a boss character can come in and be like, "Well, now you guys, I have to send someone in, and you got to deal with this guy now, or you know, put this person on the team." Like they can kind of add things, and they can also add that like intrigue of uh, who sides on whose side, and what guys, what's what's really the ulterior motive, and are you with us or against us? Like I, I like that kind of stuff, and we don't have. Uh, other than Sky, we don't really have any of that on the team of, you know, the intrigue of who is here for what purposes. Right. And the other thing, too, is, I mean, we're missing it. There's still something going on with Agent Colson that nobody knows. Yeah. And so to me, there has to be somebody going, hey, uh, are we checking on Colson? Like, does he know? Like, what's <laughs> going on? You know, there has to be somebody checking in to make sure he doesn't find out or that he's not malfunctioning or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like they made that point in the first episode and we keep seeing, you know, allusions to it that there's something going on with him. So there has to be somebody at S.H.I.E.L.D. going, hey, that guy that we got brought back from the dead who's walking around, is he doing okay? You know, it's a great point, too, Chris, because the only people that could know are higher up people because nobody on the team could possibly fucking know. Exactly. So it's like you kind of do need to bring that in. And again, I I think that they're going to do that eventually because they they've been setting it up. And I'm like, it has to happen eventually. So I'm just waiting for that to happen because it it just needs to because you you can't just have this guy. I mean, they made a really big point of that in in the pilot. And then also with the I Spy episode of what's going on with Coulson? Oh, you guys don't know. Never mind. You know, it was kind of one of those not going to talk about that anymore. So it's like there has to be somebody above them looking into this stuff. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to say it's always really frustrating whenever anyone on a show asks a very pertinent question and then someone and then asks no follow up questions. You know, like, oh, hey, what's up with Colson? What do you mean? Nothing. No, wait. No, you don't just get to walk away. What the hell? Like, seriously, what, what does that mean? That's that's a very suspicious and unusual thing you said, and only you know the answer to that. So why don't you tell me? You have no ulterior reason not to. Right. The only reason why I allowed it this time was because her face, when she said, oh, nothing, I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, she gave that face like, don't ask no questions. Right. <laughs> she was like, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm walking away. Like, I understood that face and was like, oh, no, that's going to be good. That's gonna yeah. be good. She wasn't going to answer that shit anyway. Right. <laughs> oh, nothing. I'm sorry. I was just. Uh, I was just. I was thinking out loud. I was thinking out loud. You know. <laughs> well, I'm. I'm hoping that now that they've got a full season run, you know, there's going to be 22 episodes. Uh, I'm hoping that that will free them up to kind of experiment a little bit to play around with the format. Kate in the chat room says she wants to see a whole episode that's just the Congressional Oversight Committee mm. for Shield. That would be pretty funny. You know what? I bet that would happen. I know she's probably joking, but being serious, that would be dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be great. I, I want to see the show go in some interesting directions like that and uh, shake it up a bit every few episodes. Right, even just an episode where, like, the fate of that team is kind of decided, where it's like, are, are you guys going to keep being able to do just gallivant around the globe, solving problems under Colson's watch and no supervision? I'd love to see their team come up, uh, uh, you know, in the balance on the scales of, like, you know, what exactly are the benefits of this team and stuff? Because I could easily see, you know, a boss-like character kind of coming in and even though we're just fans of a TV show, but kind of leveling some of the same criticisms at the cast. Like, well, what exactly yeah. do the fuck do y'all guys do? You don't report to people. You had Amador there. You guys let her go. I mean, you guys didn't report that shit in until after you replaced her eye and all that stuff. There's a bunch of stuff like that where you're just like, yeah, someone up, higher up has to be looking at these episodes, quote unquote, and being like, yeah, that was a 
odd, quirky way to do that. And I like that about like the newsroom this season did that. I mean, it was a little too long or did it for every single episode, but I really enjoyed that sort of investigating the team and having them to kind of gang up together. And it might even be a team building opportunity later in the season. Right. I mean, assuming ABC and Marvel aren't just breathing down the necks of, of Jed Whedon and Marissa Tancheron and not giving them much freedom, I mean, the sky's the limit. There's The, the cool thing about network uh, broadcast TV is that you've got 22 episodes a season. You're free to experiment and play around. I mean, there, there's so many cool things you could do. Like, there was an episode of Babylon 5 where the episode just followed the janitors on the space station and and the janitors would go into different rooms and overhear what certain characters were talking about and it, i mean you can you can do interesting things like that and just play around and try to have fun and come up with new ways to present these characters and what they're going through and i i want to see a little bit more of that willingness to experiment i want to see the crew go rogue at some point you know what I mean? I want mm-hmm. like the the shield as a conglomerate to be like, uh, you guys need to come in and them to be like, I don't know, we have something we have to do that's more important than whatever the fuck you guys are saying right now. Like I like right. I like moments like that because they really drive shows and I feel like it has higher stakes than what we currently have right now. And I know you have to build to these things and I'm being patient, but you know, yeah. I would love those type of moments this season. Like the first thing you have to do in order for them to go rogue is they need to have someone to go rogue against. Yeah. So you have to introduce a, a more of the power structure before you can even get there. And then you have to establish that they're not doing something right or that they have ulterior motives and establish a conspiracy. So that feels like a sort of thing you save for the end of season one or the beginning of season two. But yeah, that'd be cool. How cool would it be if the big bad in Avengers 3 is Coulson? <laughs> you know, and you've got Shield selling the Avengers. Go take care of Coulson. He's messing things it's up for planet us. Planet Coulson. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else that any of you guys want to talk about regarding Ages of Shield or the Marvel one shots? What you want to see from the show? Any other thoughts? Yeah, I just like I, I was saying earlier. I hope they bring back some of these characters that they introduced. I know that the payoff wasn't good for some people with the whole the parents thing for Sky, but if this is kind of what's going on in the future, which is more of a individual like this person's motivation is this and next week this person's motivation is that I am there for like I'm excited about that. You know, I don't know the payoff will be great every time, but like Bib said, we need to start learning more about why these guys do what they do and what exactly they want. And, you know, now that we know what Sky wants, we can kind of see that tease. Like, even a villain, a bad guy, an enemy could come in and be like, oh, I know about your parents. So right. what are you going to pick? You want uh-huh. this or you want to do whatever Coulson says? You know, like, those those are the kind of choices that that I think can be made later. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm actually okay with the way the show is going right now. It's a bit slow, but, you know, we're only five episodes in. Uh, we have more to go. So as long as they start fulfilling some of this promise, man, I, I'm excited. Well, the one thing I also like about that, the reveal with Sky at the end of episode five was that she did all that and Coulson was like, oh, that's nice and everything. I still don't trust you, though. They did all that and he was still like, oh, you're still going to put this bracelet on and uh, I'm still not going to fully trust you. So now you also have the two aspects with Sky now. Now she's trying to earn her trust back with the rest of the team because the rest of the team now kind of doesn't trust her either with Coulson and then also try to find out more about her parents. So it's like I feel like now we have that to work with now we can start getting some more of the other stuff from the other characters and maybe that is what we need either the sky thing with her parents and then maybe colson and what's going on with him for season one if we can get both of those for this first season i think i'll be good and of course 
Ward is gonna have to hook up at some. Oh point. yeah, at some point. Yeah, that's sexual. I don't know, man. I think that sexual tension can go for the first three seasons. Yeah, I feel like that's they gotta hook up at least once. Make out something trapped in an elevator together. Something. Yeah, I think they trapped the elevator in season two. Then season three, they start talking about you know their feelings for each other. In the season three, they get married. Sky will freak out uh, next to a Sex in the City tour bus, and uh, <laughs> Ward will. <laughs> Ward will just happen to be on there for reasons we will never adequately explain, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be awkward. Rod, every single episode you bring up how much you want Sky and Ward to hook up. That's like the main thing you want from the show, I'm convinced. That's the one thing you want. It's got to happen, man. People need to make some mistakes. I, I will accept yeah. other people's hooking up, too, but I feel like this is the – those are the two most, like, quote-unquote, compatible people on the show right now as far as – uh. Uh, it looks like uh, Melinda May is not there for any of this shit. She's a strong lady. She's in She offered to throw some mats down and go a couple of rounds with Colson, which I'm still not entirely yeah. convinced wasn't a come on. Yeah, knowing her past and the stuff that she's done on the show so far, I'm still not convinced that wasn't an ass whooping she was inviting Colson to. <laughs> and Colson realized that and was like, nah. Yeah, he was like, I'm still rusty. But yeah, I, I mean, but I, I would like to see somebody. Somebody's got to hook up, man. Some mistakes need to be made. The reason I like those ideas is because it teaches us about two members of the cast at the same time without wasting a ton of time. And it's a mistake that has to, like, it will cause problems because shit like that always happens. Rodimus, in your fantasy, um, how do Sky and Ward get going here? Oh God. Are we writing fan fiction? No, I'm, I want to hear Rod's fan fiction. I want to hear, like, you know, is it sensuous? Is it sweet? Does it start out slow? Or is it, is it a very, you know, passionate embrace, uh, clothes ripped? Where's my top? He accidentally swallows that microchip she keeps in her bra. Um, how does this work? Have you ever seen, like, the 1970s Batman? 1970s or 1960s? Okay, 60s. I don't know decades. Okay. The one with Adam West? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know how, like, Adam and uh, how Batman and Robin would always get trapped in something. They'd be, like, moments from dying. Yeah. And they then they'd, like, something would happen and they would get saved in, like, the very last second. Mm-hmm. I picture it like that, where it just, like, uh, somehow Sky and Ward get trapped in some type of thing where it's like, we're going to die. Now we need to confess our feelings for each other. And then they get saved anyway. Is one of them, like, an alias wounded? Is one of them wounded? Yeah, like, maybe Ward's wounded. He's been teaching Sky all this stuff, and they don't really trust her anyway. And she's got the bracelet on, so she can't, like, tech her way out of it. And now she's got to use some of the stuff he's taught her. And, uh, you know, that's when she tells – she's like, I can't do it. And then, like, tells them that – how they feel about each other. And then somebody saves them anyway. How far do they get base-wise? Uh, No hands under the shirt. <laughs> just just make out. We like to keep it classy here on 8 o'clock. <laughs> I was going to say, the 8 o'clock hour doesn't allow for any, you know. Hey, Sky got laid this week. Maybe a couple weeks from now, she wakes up with his T-shirt on, makes some coffee like the old 60s movies with Clint Eastwood. (laughs) They actually did that in, um, remember the episode of um, uh, Law and Order where that happened with uh, Detective Benson? And what was the other detective's name? It's like the show starts with them two, like her waking up and it's saying like, are we going to address this? (laughs) <laughs> and kind of never really did. She was just like, yeah, it was a one-time thing. That was just like it. And he's like, but I thought I loved you. <laughs> it needs to be some shit like that where uh, Sky's just like, oh, no, Ward, I-, I just need to do that because my boyfriend. You- yeah, she misses Austin Nichols. <laughs> right. So it's like, I needed that. And um, we, well, it'll never work between the two of us. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anybody even does that in real life. The uh, wake up in her man's shirt and make breakfast thing. I want to see some more tech, too. 
They've been doing a good job so far. At least one or two techie things every week. One or two shield gadgets. That's a big thing for me. That needs to continue. And even if they bring some tech back to have like more uses, because they set up like that. Remember that napkin that can like take someone's fingerprints from a glass and like stuff like that. Like I need all these things to continue to happen because uh those things always make me feel like, oh, my God, I would love to work for S.H.I.E.L.D. Everything is so fun for them. Colson could be tech. <laughs> he might be. He turns into Spectre Gadget or some shit. <laughs> go, go, Colson roller skates. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on and, and discuss some listener feedback and listener questions. Uh, Rod, what do people have for us? All right, man. Let's look into the uh, screen queue and see what people have to say. Uh, my man, Matt Garza, says, from the trailer, it looks like, and I'm assuming he's talking about the trailer for Captain America 2, it looks like the carrier goes down in Captain America 2. How much do you think that uh, they work that into the show? I think they'd better. Captain America 2 doesn't come out till April next year? April 4th. Okay, so that would probably be worked in season two? Yeah. No, not, it depends on what they're doing. I mean, if, if they're running down and everything's taking place on the same days or something, then yeah. But if they're still running around adventure to venture, I'd actually be really disappointed if they didn't address it, because God knows now they have time. Mm. Mm-hmm. They have time. They know what's going to happen in Captain America 2. They've got to have access. Well, yeah. it is. Will new episodes still be coming on in April, you think? Yeah, they should. Yeah. If it's if it's 20-something episodes, usually they'll wrap up by May. Okay. But again, if it's structured in such a way where, like, they're off the grid by that point, or, again, like, every single, like, the last, like, six episodes are taking place in a really condensed period of time, then, yeah, they won't have to address it, but... If they're still doing what they're doing now, just flying around every week a new adventure, I'd be really disappointed if that wasn't a factor. It will. I, I will go on the line and say 100% it will come up because mm-hmm. they bring up so much shit from the movies. It would be a glaring oversight if it didn't come up. Now, I don't know the way it's recorded and everything and how much is done already and all this stuff. But assuming Captain America 2 is pretty much done, I would be shocked if Coulson wasn't on set for some of that or maybe even the cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. being on set for some of that and uh, discussing it. So I, I think they have to. I don't even think it's an option to not. Cap 2 is actually more of a S.H.I.E.L.D. movie anyway. Mm-hmm. So it, and that, I don't even think the carrier that goes down is the carrier we saw. I mean, if you look at the trailer, there's like they have several helicarriers in Cap 2. So. I feel like we should be getting. I I, I don't like you said. I, I I'm kind of confused as to the timeline of how it would happen. If it's not in season one, it's got to be in season two. It's got to be at some point because I mean that's a huge thing. We, we were just talking about the higher ups and we want to see more of the the organization structure of and hierarchy of, of Shield. Well, in that in that trailer, I'm getting from a lot that the hierarchy of Shield is in turmoil. So I'm assuming that has to affect. Yeah. Colson and his team, you know. Rod, you, you brought up the scheduling for the show and, and how far along they are. Gwen, you've been covering TV for a long time. I get the impression, I mean, each show is different, but I get the impression that usually on network shows like this, they're probably three or four weeks ahead. Yeah, they're probably filming about four weeks ahead, four to six. Right, so so if we're about to see uh, episode six next week, they're probably working on the scripts and, and filming episode nine or ten Mm-hmm. right now so yeah they got plenty of time to figure out how to work uh, captain america 2 into the show it's probably too much to hope but it would be really cool if like to promote their movies if some of the the main guys from these avenger movies showed up that'd be really neat like that'd be so cool if we got like a 
a Thor thing next week or something. Right. You guys, I just got back from the dark world. <laughs> you would not believe what happened. <laughs> I'd be cool with that. That's fine. Yeah, even if it's just a like a minute after the trailer, like the Nick Fury thing, I feel like that would be cool, man. Only reason why I say that Thor probably won't happen is because it looks like Thor is going to be taking place mostly outside of that. Yeah, on Asgard. The Captain America one will be a glaring oversight because that is just all Shield. I mean, it's yeah. it's nothing but. I mean, even Captain America now has a new uh, new uniform and it's Shield oriented. So it's like if they don't do it with Captain America, then I'm like, yeah, okay, guys, you kind of blew blew that one. And now I think that all of these, anyone that's like doing an Avengers film or TV show, I think they're all privy to what's going on and there's different stories now because it helps them tell their stories. And that would be really irresponsible of Marvel to not allow access that way. Well, having seen Thor, I can say that um, there really isn't any major S.H.I.E.L.D. connection. They could tie something into it because there's like a big world event. But like, you're not going to finish Thor. And the first question out of your head isn't going to be, man, wonder how Coulson's going to deal with this one. It's not really like that. All right. Well, next question. (laughs) Viv says, who is the cutest member of the S.H.I.E.L.D. cast? I vote Bibbs. So I guess to the devil with modesty. For uh, Bibbs. <laughs> I still say it's a valid question. I vote whoever the guest is every week. That's probably the cutest That's member. That's nice. That is diplomatic of you. Yeah, I'm going to just be honest and say it's Gwen. Oh, thanks, guys. I like her hair. Thank you. Yeah, just keep all the compliments coming. <laughs> Kate says, do you think Kobe Smolders will join the cast next season if they get one? I hope so. Well, is her show getting canceled? Is that why that's a pertinent question? This is the final season of How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. I don't think Colby has any other obligations on other stuff right now. But she is doing a lot more movies. Uh, she was in uh, Safe Haven this year. She's in Delivery Man. Uh, she's, you know, in these Avengers flicks and everything. So it's possible she might want to try to focus on that now that she has the time. And she's a mom. She is a mom. And she might also want to move out to New York because Taryn Killam lives out there. So mm-hmm. that might be an option, too. If they get a Kobe Smulders, that will be the one they get. Right. I, I think if they with her role in S.H.I.E.L.D., though, I, was like, I don't think she needs to be there all the time. I think she can do like three or four episodes and be good because she's a pretty high up in S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, it would almost be a downgrade for her character. Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like if she does join the cast, per se, it would only be like what she was in doing in episode one. Yeah, I feel like it's the same equivalent as if Aisha Tyler joined the cast of Saturday Night Live or if she hosted an episode at Saturday Night Live. Right. You don't do anything that's kind of below your station at this point. Mm-hmm. And she's probably a little too big to join this cast afterwards. You know, well, I'm not even talking about like her, her actual, you know, her name itself. I'm talking about her character. Her, her, well, the, her character, if you read the comics, that's at one point Maria Hill actually does run S.H.I.E.L.D. That would be a good way to get the person who runs S.H.I.E.L.D. in the show. And it's like she's still not as big as Samuel L. Jackson. Like if you give her like a major like ego boost upgrade to her character and say you're going to be like the most important human being on the planet if you join the cast of S.H.I.E.L.D., I imagine that might be worth her while and that might be a way to do it. But I don't know if that's it. I'm just speculating. All right, man. I think that's all the questions we had in the chat. In Avengers news, uh, Aaron Johnson just got confirmed for Quicksilver. Yay! It's one of those, yeah, okay, guys. Yeah, it's like, thank, thank you guys. But everybody kind of was like, about time. You know, it's like when you when you find two people to come to you, it's like, hey, guys, uh, we're finally together now. He's like, yeah, yeah we know. We, we know you guys are in love. Like David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson? Yeah, it's like, yeah, we know guys. Yeah. <laughs> just, 
just okay. That's 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 nice, guys. But we've been known that. But no, that's, that's actually great. I, I like him, and I think he'll do really well. So. Yeah, it's gonna be weird seeing how they write that in without referring to mutants. I just want to see him make out with his sister. <laughs> I really hope they don't go that route. Uh, I think that would be awesome. Are you kidding me? You know what I think though? I think from what they did last episode, they, they're not gonna explain it. You just you just have them with powers. I, I think I think that was like one of the favorite things I had from the last episode of Agent of Shield. They never explained it. Yeah, yeah, he got powers. Uh, he lived next to a a, a nuclear reactor, so uh, it happens. <laughs> it's like it, it was like it was like okay, good. You know, I I can deal with that. Don't call them mutants. Don't call them an X gene. Cool. I mean, maybe they have something bigger for that because you know Whedon is writing that, and you know I can see him actually probably putting some more thought into it. But I'm actually okay with him just going. This guy has superpowers, and I'm like, well, you have a god as a god, and you have a guy that turns uh, green and becomes a super monster uh, because of gamma rays. I'm okay with that. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Agents of Shieldcast. Write in and let us know what you thought of uh, this episode. Write in and let us know what you thought of the first five episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We want to know what you think. Uh, you can email us at shieldcast at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also leave us a voicemail through the website or you can call us at 336-793-2509. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes or Stitcher. If you like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast, please, please, please write us a review. That really helps us out a lot in terms of uh, getting the word out about the show. And if you're a regular listener of the show, you know that if you leave us a positive review, you could become an honorary member of the team. Uh, And if you really like the show and you'd like to financially support us, you can donate to us by going to filmgeekradio.com and clicking the donate button. That money really helps us out and goes towards helping us pay for hosting and bandwidth and covering all the other costs that come with producing the show. Uh, You can also use our affiliates page to visit some of our partners, including Amazon. And anything you purchase from our affiliates, uh, if you use our site to get there, we will get a few pennies uh, of whatever you spend. So you can buy something for yourself and help us out at the same time. And as always, be sure to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including Cinema Fix, The Thin Place, and our new podcast all about the third season of Homeland, uh, The Briefing Room. Chris, it's been great having you on the show this week. Where can people find more of your work? Uh, you guys can find us on uh, movietrailerreviews.net, and we're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, search for Movie Trailer Reviews, and also theinsanityreport.com. What is the Insanity Report for people that don't know? It's basically me and my uh, one of my best friends, Kevin, and we sit around and we talk about random things. We have no topics. That's usually how we go, and we just go live, and whatever comes to our mind, we talk about. If it's movies and comic books and video games, and that's what it is. If it's current events and it's that. If it's just random things that happen to us, that is what we talk about. It leads to being pretty funny because weird things happen to us. All right. Uh, Agent Bibbs, where can people find more of your work? Uh, yeah, you can find my various musings and reviews and interviews and such at Crave Online. Uh, my web series, Kings of Horror, is wrapping up. 31 uh, video reviews of Stephen King horror movies uh, every day throughout October. You can find it on YouTube. And uh, you can hear me every week on the B-Movies podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave a review, let us know that you love us. Agent Rod Morrow, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on theblackouttips.com, on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, just search for The Black Guy with Tips. Yeah, you can find me reviewing movies and stuff like that, too. Uh, we have sport movie reviews that we've been doing. So um, I actually did a bunch with your uh, show partner for Cinema Fix. Uh, we did Carrie, we did Rush, and we did Gravity, and those will be coming out for all of our premium listeners at The Black Guy Tips. So make sure you guys check it out. And finally, Agent Gwyn Reyes, where can people find you? You can find me sitting in my favorite wingback chair writing fan fiction about Aaron Johnson as Quicksilver. <laughs>
All right. You can go to realvixen.com. Um, we've got interviews up there as well as Twitter forward slash realvixen. All right. You can find more of my uh, film and TV criticism at moviemezzanine.com and patheos.com. You can also find me co-hosting a few other podcasts on Film Geek Radio, including Cinema Fix and The Briefing Room. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at writer Andrew, and I hope that you will do so so we can continue talking Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That'll wrap it up for this episode. Agents Disassemble. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!